The opinions and views expressed by the host and guest are not necessarily the views and opinions of the Blake Radio Network. Broadcasting, broadcasting, broadcasting to the world, broadcasting to the world, to the world, to the world, spreading the news and information. BlakeRadio.com, music for your mind, body, and soul. Talk radio at its best. You're listening to Rainbow Soul from BlakeRadio.com. Son, I need you Well, greetings and welcome to Topically Yours on the Blake Radio Network, Rainbow Soul. And I'm your host, Deirdre Schuler. And today I want to introduce you to a businesswoman and professional artist and illustrator, Laura James, who will be my guest today and who has been creating art for nearly 30 years. Sacred images from a variety of religious genres portraying women, families, and art regarding everyday life. Her work displays intricate patterns, textures, colors, and occasional surreal images, which she has labeled Art of the People. Ms. James, a Bronx native, has been represented for over two decades by Bridgman Images. Her paintings have been well-published in both publications and by the media. You can hear her in the background making a little noise. Ah, She has organized many special projects and exhibitions, and she's a valued member of her community. And as so, she is the originator and executive director of Bronx 200, a Bronx artist directory. Through Bronx 200, she's collaborated with over 200 artists on an online database in an effort to promote the arts and culture being created in the Bronx and displayed at events and art exhibits. James was a member of the Lincoln Center Cultural Innovation Fund panel, where over a million dollars was granted to art organizations in the South Bronx and Central Brooklyn. Well, and she's currently serving on the Bronx Children's Museum Advisory Board panel as a commissioned artist to make permanent art for the new facility. And she has a second book entitled, and forgive me if I'm not uh, pronouncing this correctly, Uh, she'll do that for us later, and it's Bununu. 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 Bununu's hair. Yes, you did that very well. Thank you. After you told me, but I appreciate the help. (laughs) And she has created the Nanny series, the Kaleidoscope of Color, the God and Goddess series, and been part of the Harlem Fine Art Fair. And children's book of her illustrations appeared in the marvelous land of make-believe. Well, Laura James, as you hear, is with us. So welcome her to the show. Let us do that. And what uh, Laura James. Oh, thank you, Deirdre. Thank you so much for inviting me. 
I have to make one correction, though. I'm a Brooklyn native. Thank you very much. Although I have lived in the Bronx for almost 17 years. So I, I proudly am now a, bro- a member of the Bronx community. But I was born and raised in Brooklyn. And also well, proud thank of that. And thank you for the correction. So, folks, she's from both Brooklyn and the Bronx. Yeah. She's I'm a, a New Yorker. Yeah. Yes, indeed. A New Yorker. Well, tell me, yeah. did you become an artist at a young age? What, what drew you to the world of art? Well, I did. Um, I did. I started actually, um, you know, I, 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 I don't usually think about it like this, but my mother, she was an entrepreneur, and she used to make wedding dresses and cakes and wedding cakes. And she used to, like, do crafts, you know, like knitting and crocheting and stuff. So she was always making things. So, you know, we used to, I used to make things along with her. So I think that was my first real artistic, you know, the first real artistic things that I used to do. But um, when I was about 19, I saw a book called Ethiopian Magic Scrolls in a Botanica, actually, in Bed-Stuy, where I grew up. And I hadn't really painted too much. I was like, I like to take photographs and things like this. But when I saw that book, I was I was drawn to it. And it, everything is outlined with black lines. And I thought, you know, I let me try to do that. I like I like that. Let me see if I can, you know, copy this stuff. So I um I bought the book and I started to, um you know I started to play around with it and you know practice practice and I got better at at doing. At painting and doing my own my own um you know my own stories and i the work is uh that that's ethiopian the ethiopian christian art style so it is based in the bible and the bible text of which there are many stories so i you know was painting bible stories and things like this as well so yeah that's how i started painting well and i've been doing it ever since oh i see that (laughs) <laughs> Quite magnificently too. And tell me, Thank what is you. your cultural background? You did mention your mother engaged in art. Were there other family members that did as well? No, not really. Um, my people are from Antigua, and you know we grew up in Bed Stuy in the Caribbean. It was very Caribbean, heavily Caribbean then. So you know, um, I think that's the the thing that people did most of all was working. <laughs> You know, you know. I guess it's a joke that you know Caribbean people like they tend to have more than one job, but it was definitely true with my parents. So, um, you know, we they did appreciate, um, you know, music and what have you. But it, art wasn't really a big deal. Actually, my one of my older sisters, she was the one that really introduced me and my younger sister, or not my younger sister, but my sister who's older than me but younger than her. She used to take us around the city to museums and to concerts and things like this. So she really introduced us to, you know, art. And, you know, it's New York, and there's just so much to do and see. So we really took advantage of that. You know, I really credit her for doing that for us because our parents really, you know, they didn't have time for that kind of thing. Well, you mentioned um, your art has a sacred and, and secular aspect, but you also mentioned Ethiopia, so it's not just a Christian thing. You you, you have a broad scope of religious, um, um, what should I say, genres? 
Mm-hmm. Well, the Ethiopian angle is that, you know, well, okay, so Ethiopia was a Christian country or has been since the 4th century, so very early on in the history of Christianity. So, you know, although, you know, we, you know, some people believe that Christianity was brought to Africa through colonization, which is certainly true to many parts of Africa, it had always, it had been in Ethiopia since the 4th century. And so it, you know, I say like I do non-traditional um, Christian painting, but the only thing that's non-traditional about it is that the people are not white, you know. So it's not, it's very traditional. It's from the fourth century, you know. It's a, it's a, a historic thing. So. Um, well, aren't the Ethiopians the original Jews? Well, I don't, I don't know about original Jews. I'm not really sure about that, but they certainly, they, they have, there are um, communities in Ethiopia that have practiced Judaism from, you know, from ever since. So very long time, you know, and it's funny because, you know, people would say that if Jesus went, came to the earth at this time, he would have, you know, find more um, similarities to the religion in Ethiopia among the Ethiopian Jews than in, in Israel or something like that. So, well, and also uh, many believe he was black because the family escaped to Egypt, and if he were white, he was like a sore thumb when Herod was looking for him. Well, you know, it's kind of interesting. I was actually talking with someone about this recently. You know, I I don't know. I don't think that Jesus, I don't know what color Jesus was. I I didn't, I never seen Jesus. I don't know what color he was. I can, I can assume that he probably didn't have blonde hair and blue eyes, which is the way he was portrayed to us in our children's Bibles. You know, I can, I could probably bet money that he he wasn't like a, a Caucasian man, you know. Do I think he was like a, you know, like a black African? I I don't know. I I would probably tend to say no. You know, if he, if I had to say, he probably looked Middle Eastern because that's where he was born, you know, in the Middle East. But, you know, does it really matter? I'm sorry? The Bible describes him as as skin and the color of brass and hair like lamb's wool. So, well, who who mm -hmm. has Mm-hmm. What people yeah, and the revelation. Yeah, I can I can see that. I mean, you know, it's there's another thing too in the Bible where they talk about seeing God and seeing Him in your um in your own, you know, as a reflection of you. So I do definitely believe that people can picture, uh, and maybe not Jesus per se, because yes, I do believe Jesus was a real person, you know. But to say God, you know, to picture him in the way that you are. So if he's like, if he's Latina, if he's, um, if he's white, if he's Asian, you know, I think it's okay because we're all in that image. I don't think it's okay when, you know, one race says, oh, you know, this is, this is the only way that Jesus or God is, should be depicted and you have to do it that way because then it excludes you, you know, and and I think it needs um, religious art should be representative of everybody, because I agree. because and, and, yeah. and God appeared as energy as fire, so He wasn't particularly a person more than He mm-hmm. was energy. We all are, right? Exactly. But I do definitely believe that Jesus was a real person, you know. So yes, He must have had skin color, you know. Now, you know, it's interesting too because. You know, Jesus in the Bible and Jesus as like a historical person, I'm not too sure if they're really the same person, you know, because Jesus was, you know, he was about love and about 
you know, doing to others as you'd have them doing to you, you know. So, you know, I think that the message sort of got lost there in the Bible somewhere, uh, you know. But um, anyway. <laughs> well, how do you depict him in your art form? Well, okay, so I, I started off by, um, you know, referencing the Ethiopian Christian art style where, you know, he was depicted mostly as a brown-skinned person. So, and I am brown skin. I'm a black woman. So that's the way I like to depict him, you know? And so that's what I do. And now, uh, if any, if, oh, I was just going just, to mention my website, which is laurajamesart.com, you know, so you can take, check out the work there. Okay. And uh, tell me, do you, do you want to illustrate the history of black people through, through your artwork? And do you? Well, Okay, so history, you know, oh my God, there's so much, right? But yeah. I my my current series, a current series that I'm working on right now is it's race and reparations. So it's sort of it's dealing with um, the historical and present day, let's say, reason why repar or reasons why reparations for um, black people in the West is is something that's appropriate, you know, and not to say how it should be done, but why, you know, why is it appropriate that there's some redress for this, you know, history that of oppression, which is actually still, unfortunately, still, you know, it's a lot of these things are still going. Yes, they're ongoing, ongoing. So, yes, I do want to illustrate the history of black people. As a you know, if it's a yes or no question, I would say yes. I I like to tell stories with my art, and you know, I am I am a black woman, like I said, and so it's it's something that I know about, something that I'm passionate about, and you know, I feel I have something to say with with the art, as that's concerned, as far as that's concerned. So I yes, I do want to um to make those kind of paintings. Well, is your is your uh, company called Laura James Fine Art or or no? Laura James Fine Art. So you mentioned that people can find you. Uh, well, can they find you on Facebook? And you and you did oh, yeah. mention. Oh yeah, I'm on I'm on Facebook at Laura James and on Instagram Laura James Art. So you know Laura James Art or Laura James Artist. If you Google me, you know things will come up. I I'm fond of saying that I've been on the internet you know, basically since it kind of started, you know, and uh, many artists didn't want to go onto the internet. They didn't want to put their art up because they were like, oh, somebody's going to steal it and, you know, and what have you, which is, you know, that's valid. But I I wanted to be accessible. I wanted people to find my work so that they could uh, see it, appreciate it, and may, and perhaps buy it, you know, and, and hire me to make, to make paintings. So, it was definitely like a business thing for me, and it and it still is actually. You know, I I do have like a private page, or not private, but a you know a, a personal Facebook page. But I I just tend really to post things about my art. You know. Hello. Yes, I'm still here. Okay, so I wanted to ask you also to describe the form of art that you do, but. Because you use a lot of color and texture and patterns, is that the case? Mm -hmm. Yes. I mean, it's basically figurative, so, you know, it's not abstract. It's not 
you know, there are figures. You can see people and, you know, I I, I like to, um, you know, I don't want I, – I don't want people to sort of like wonder, oh, what is that? You know, in terms of the imagery, but with the story and having depth to it, having something that you have to think about and consider, you know, that's enough thinking. (laughs) I don't want you to have to think like, oh, is that a man or is that a dog? You know, or is that like some kind of, you know, what is that weird shape? You know, obviously, like I like um, abstract art too, and that's fine, but that's not what I do. I paint. You know, I paint figures, so my work is figurative. I like, um, you know, being Caribbean. I guess I'm. I have an affinity to color and colorful things. So, you know, I like, um, I like Mexican art and Haitian art, and um, I like surrealism. You know, I I like all that kind of good stuff. But you have a certain style in your art, wouldn't you say? Well, definitely. So I started, like I say, um, looking at the Ethiopian Christian art style, which is very distinctive. Um, when I first started doing this work, you know, people, they thought I, I made this up. Like, they're like, oh, that's so unique and original. And I was like, no, that's um, the Ethiopian Christian art style. Uh, you know, you could hardly blame anybody, though, because, you know, this is, let's say, in the early 90s, and there wasn't really too much of the art around. So, you know, I had never seen it either, you know. But, um so the the thing is though that I don't um okay so in traditional Ethiopian art there are you know a handful of themes that they'll paint like the crucifixion or stories of the gospels and Mary and things like this but I basically have painted you know from one end of the bible to the other so I I have expanded the types of stories painted in this way and the the types of um you know the different texts and then also I use the same style to paint, you know, Buddha and Yoruban goddesses. And, you know, I did a painting with Muhammad, you know, in this style. So, you know, I, I say like in my bio that I've made it my own, you know, and I do believe that I have, um, you know, I, I've, um, I've made it my own. Yeah, yes, but it is definitely the style that I, I emulated early on. And then even in the non-religious work, you know, the eyes really are the thing that mostly carry over the almond-shaped eyes, you know. So there, you can see the singularity, you know. Um, I, I used to think that both that the two different styles were too distinct and that people wouldn't really necessarily know that it was my work because, you know, one is religious, one is not religious, and the, the stuff that's religious is outlined with black lines and the, and the other work isn't. But, you know, I've, people have told me it, it all looks like my work. So, you know, it's all good. After 30 years, you know, I guess, I guess you can tell Laura James if you know. Exactly, you could tell. Well, let's move into your your business part. And and um, you did mention that you were born in Brooklyn, but you definitely are a Bronx resident now. And and you formed mm-hmm. something called Bronx Studios. So tell mm-hmm. me about the Bronx Studios. Okay, well, so I I um it was kind of interesting. I illustrated this children's book, and I got the book in the mail, and then on the back of it it says, "And she lives and works in the Bronx." And I, just, I looked out the window. I was like, oh, my God, I live in the Bronx. And I, and I don't know anybody, you know. And I had already lived there for a good 10 years. And I live across the street from the subway. So I used to just get on the train and go downtown. 
because I didn't, I wasn't interested in knowing about the Bronx art store, anything really. I mean, that, that's nothing against the Bronx. It was just that I, I had already been like over 30 when I moved up here. So my community and my, you know, my people were in, in Brooklyn and in Manhattan. So, but you know, when I, when I was, I, when I realized that I lived here, I was like, you know, I, I should make some friends and, you know, meet some artists and, and what have you. And so I asked a woman who I knew, you know, she didn't even live in the Bronx, but she had, she painted in the Bronx. And I knew that she knew, definitely knew, you know, I didn't know anything. So of course she knew much more about it than I did. So I asked her if she would help me to put together a list of artists and then, you know, it sort of became a website. And the main, the main goal at first was to have a big party (laughs) because, you know, to have, you know, to make communion and to have a community and to have a big party. But it turned into a website which has um, portfolios with artists' work. So there are over 200 artists at this point. And, um, you know, together with my friend Eileen Walsh, we have done many um, art exhibits and professional development co- courses and things like this for Bronx-based artists. And so the site, besides having the art artist portfolios it also has their contact info and their bios and things like this so people can reach out to them which you know artists want people to call on them for whatever you know to buy to buy their work to commission them to you know to uh do residencies and and all these things and there's also a page that has uh links to different art organizations here in the bronx so you know it was it was sort of like I'm sorry, it's called the BX200 Bronx Artist Directory, and it's bx200.com. And, you know, I guess, actually, I was going to say that it would have been something that if I had Googled it at that moment when I was like, oh, God, I I need to make some friends (laughs) or I want to meet some artists, if I had Googled it and it was there, then I could have just, you know, I could have just looked through it and, and done that, but it wasn't there, so we we made it, you know. And and I like I like to do things like that, you know. When I was starting out in Brooklyn doing painting, you know, I didn't go to college for it. I didn't really necessarily know a whole bunch of artists. I didn't know any artists actually, but you, I searched out for these things and I looked for them and and I I started to I got I I got opportunities to do certain things. So I had an opportunity to have an exhibit with my own work, but I realized that I I didn't have enough art, so I invited. I invited 15 other people to sh- to show with me, and and you know that was the first exhibit that I curated, and you know ever since then it's just like you know making community and working with people to to um, everybody supporting one another, you know if I had done a show by myself first of all it would have been pretty empty because it was a humongous space, but then I would have just invited my people and it would have it wouldn't have been so good. But then inviting 15 other people to show with me, you know, um, we had so many more people. Yes, it was it was it was a big success. And so, you know, I still try to do that today, you know, to work with people and to just make to pool resources and just make it just that much better and that much bigger. You know, it's not about just it's not just about me and like, oh, I have to do this and there's only enough stuff for me and I don't want other people to see anybody else's work because then they might want to buy their work. And, you know, that, all that stuff is like, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't, that doesn't, that doesn't work for me. I like to, um, I like to work with people and, and working with people has worked for me. Whereas I, 
you know, I get to know more and I, I actually get work out of that kind of thing too, you know, because you never know who is going to be the person that wants, wants what you're doing, you know? Exactly. And, and are you successful financially? Do you do well with your art financially? Well, you know, I have to say I, I do do well with my art, and I'm very thankful for that. You know, it's not like a, it's not an easy thing, and it's not an easy thing at all, but you have to, you have to be out there. You have to if, – if I'm not seeing sales that I want to see, then maybe I need to do more, you know? So I'll create something else, or I'll do like a a, um, a newsletter or whatever where I send out what I what I've got for sale, or I'll have a, a, a sale where I might sell things a little for you know have a, like a, a discounted mm-hmm. sale or whatever. You know, I also well right now for maybe like the past five years or so, I basically work on commission. So you know, the good thing is that I have sort of a niche market with the religious work. And then, you know, with the other work too, people do want me to make paintings. And since I'm just one person, you know, I can only do it so fast. So I have, I have, um, you know, I have work, I have, uh, I have things lined up. I have, it's been good for me. And yes, I do make a living at it. It's the only job I, I, the last job I had, I was 18, you know? So, but that doesn't mean that it's all just, Oh, this is so great. This is so much fun. You know, it's a lot of hard work and you also have to do business. You know, it's not just about sitting around making paintings. You know, I have to make sure I get my money when somebody, you know, I have to like bill people and things like this. You know, you can't just be like, Oh, I hope that, this person remembers to pay me, you know, and so you have to be on top of a whole lot of things, you know. But so the new year is what, coming, and you have, and I'm you sorry, can, you do calendars. The new year is coming, and I don't you do calendars as well? Well, so I was uh, one one calendar that I have out this year is with Liturgy Training Publications, and they commissioned me to make illustration for um, a liturgical calendar. And also there's another company that makes calendars and they, they actually just bought, I guess, 12 images from Bridgman images where I have a lot of images available for license. So that was one good thing that happened to me very early on. I was connected with Bridgman, Bridgman images and they're, they're, you know, probably one of the biggest um, places that people go to, buy images for license for all kinds of media. So, you know, it's got to be over 25 years already that I've been working with them. Through working with them and having a lot of my work on their database, I've gotten to be published in, you know, hundreds of publications. And, you know, these are this is a good thing because then people see your work in one thing and then they want you for something else. And basically that has really been, you know, maybe one of the biggest the biggest um, propellers of my career, just the fact that I just go from one thing to the next thing to the next thing because of, you know, being out there and being accessible. You know, like you said, I do art for the people, you know. So even with the religious art, it's not, you know, still, it's not typical to see, you know, black Jesus, quote unquote, you know, which why I have no idea because there's a whole bunch of black people. But anyway, um, you know, so Bridgman will actually – you know, they their clients, 
you know, when they want something in particular, or maybe even if they didn't think they want it, you know, this, this library, they'll, you know, steer people to my work, which is great, you know, but, you know, I also, well, you illustrated, also illustrated some books. Well, yeah. So I illustrated, um, you know, it's a, well, the book of the gospels, which was also published by liturgy training publications in the year 2000. And it's a very important book in the Catholic church. That's, you know, the four gospels. And um, that was really the biggest, one of the biggest projects that I had. And it really got my work out there in front of, you know, thousands of people all over the world to see the work in, in such a book. And, um, you know, they actually saw my work online, you know, because I had this website. It wasn't a great, it wasn't the greatest website ever, but, you know, that's the way they, they sort of Googled, I guess, black art or something. And they or black Christian art, and they found my work. So it was a really, it was really actually a very good thing that I, I, I was online, and you know the rest is history, I guess. Well, you also work with Lincoln Center Cultural Innovations. On, you were on their well, well that was, um, well that was just um, that was actually a couple a few years ago that I was, you know, um, asked to be on this panel where they gave, gave money to um, nonprofits. So it was just, uh, you know, I was I was just a panelist, and it was it was a good thing though because, and actually I suppose that was a direct result of having, you know, of having the Bronx the BX200 directory where they saw that I was someone who you know was knowledgeable about art in the city, and so as I said, it's just one thing to the next thing to the next thing. You know, just being out there and, you know, having a presence and letting people know that you exist, which is important. You know, you can't always be an artist who just toils away in the studio if you want to be, quote, unquote, successful at it, you know. And it is not impossible to be successful at at making art, you know. It's hard. Like I said, it's hard work, but it's not impossible. But it is sort of impossible if nobody knows about you, you know. Well, tell me about your. You have a certain series, like the God and Goddess series. The I guess it's the Kaleidoscope of Colors. Well, those are actually titles of exhibits. Those are those are titles of of exhibits that you're seeing there. Um, you know, so I at one point I I sort of I didn't stop painting um biblical stories, but I figured I painted so many of them that I wanted to do other um, religious traditions or other sacred traditions. So I, I, I had an exhibit. I, I think it was at, I think it was at um, St. Peter's Lutheran church in Midtown. Actually, they invited me to, no, actually that wasn't it. I think it was at the Instagram center. I'm not exactly sure, but I wanted to do, I had been painting Yoruban goddesses and different goddesses from different um, traditions. So I wanted to have an exhibit with, you know, my my biblical Jesus paintings juxtaposed with the, um, you know, the goddesses. So that was the God and Goddess um, exhibit. And then the other one that you mentioned, Kaleidoscope of Colors, was an exhibit last year, I believe, at the Intertrip Center with uh, uh, a few other uh, children's book illustrators. So they put together an exhibit, and I was able to show paintings from the two children's books that I illustrated. So... And you did something, um, illustrations for the Bronx Children's Museum. 
Um, uh, what's your no, 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 I didn't do, I didn't do that. I was also, as far as the Bronx Children's Museum is concerned, I was, I was just, uh, again, on a panel. Okay, so they're, they're putting together a new build. They're um, renovated, they've renovated a building in the South Bronx that they're outfitting as the new museum. And uh, so they have permanent, they're having permanent art installations. And so I was one of the panelists to, you know, to choose artists that would be, that would be uh, doing these installations. So I haven't done anything with them, even though when they open, I do hope to be, you know, I, I hope that they'll sell my books and maybe I'll do some other things with them. But, um, you know, that was actually, I was really happy again to be invited to be a panelist there because I, I do have a lot of knowledge about, you know, artists in the Bronx, just having done this project, BX200, and, you know, doing other, doing other things like exhibits and what have you, you know, we've made a lot of studio visits with artists, and, you know, so I li- I'm glad to be able to use my expertise in that way to, you know, to, uh, to lend my voice to things like this committee for the Bronx Museum, Bronx Children's Museum, to do well, meaningful you- work here. Are you associated with the book, The Marvelous Land of Make-Believe? Isn't that a children's book? Well, I, I'm not sure, but that was the name of the of the exhibit at the Intertrust Center last year that um, where they showed art from about four or five children's book illustrators. So that was the name of that exhibit, The Marvelous Land of, Land of Make-Believe. Okay. So it wasn't a book that you illustrated? or was it No, it, was, it wasn't a book. It was the title of the exhibition. So the books, the children's books that I've illustrated are Anna Carries Water and and the, and the book that came out in 2019, which is Bununu's Hair. <laughs> and they're both written by Olive Senior, who's a very a, a popular um, a Jamaican-Canadian writer, very fine writer with a very long career. So... Uh, and then the publisher was Tradewind Books out of Vancouver. And actually, once again, they saw my work online. They had been looking for they had been um, looking for an artist to illustrate this story that Olive had written for years. They said, and then I don't know. They just came across my work online, and so they they called me up, and now I got two. I have two children's books with them. Well, now we're coming to the end of the show. So uh, once again, uh, why don't you tell people your website address and where they can get in touch with you? Okay, so my website again is laurajamesart.com. And I'm on Instagram at laurajamesart. And also on Facebook, my um, my page is laurajamesart. And... Um, if you want to email me directly, well, you can email me from my website, but also my email address is artlady777 at gmail.com. Okay, folks, you heard that. Now, one more question, and is there anything I haven't asked you that you would like to share before we end the show? Um, no, I think we covered a lot. I would like to say again, though, thank you very much for inviting me to um to participate in this i appreciate you know chances to talk about my work and and hopefully get some new people 
to see it because like I, like you said, you know, I, I'm making it, I'm doing it for people. I want people to see the work. Well, it's been my pleasure having you on the show. And uh, this is the Blake Radio Network. Again, I'm your host, Deirdre Schuler, And I want to thank my listeners for making my topic topically yours. And again, yeah. I'm going to end the show with green tea pens, Mr. Yes. Son. Thank you. I'm glad but, you got that. Yeah, I decided to go with what you had picked. Thank you. Mr. Son, I need you. I'm only happy with you. My guest today was Laura James, and this is the Blake Radio Network, Rainbow Soul.